We have two readings. Our first reading is in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. We'll just read a couple of verses. And then we'll go to our second reading. Matthew 24 verse 37 please. The Lord Jesus is the speaker. But as the days of Noah or Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until that day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Our second reading is in Genesis chapter 6. We'll just read some of this. We'll not read the whole chapter, just the first few verses, but keep your Bible open. Genesis 6 and verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they choose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and 20 years. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the ministry of song. And we offer it up to you, Lord, as a way, Lord, of sacrifice from our hearts to you. We ask you, Father, now to speak in your own word, through your own word, to hearts this evening. And glorify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. For his name's sake, we ask it. Amen. I wonder, and I won't go into this tonight, but just as an opening, I wonder how long people think the world that we live in, how long it has before it either destructs, that is the system of the world, or Christ returns. So this evening, when God decides your time is up. When God decides, your time is up. We can look at the world and world events, and what if God decides the world's time is up? What if it was tonight? What if it was this evening? When God decides your time is up, what if it was personally to you? What if it was here and now? Beware lest he take a thee with a stroke, his stroke. That is, his stroke upon a man and a woman. We do not know how long we have on this earth, whether it's in an individual case or whether it is as a planetary system. We do not know how long we have. But what <coughs> happens when you die? Where would you be? So when God decides your time is up, 
your time is up. Maybe you've been to the doctors and they have given you a time. Now, we, we, we appreciate the doctors and the nurses, medical profession, we do. Very much so. And we respect them. But I've known times when they've given a time for life expansion, whether it be for weeks or months, and I've seen people heal from diseases where they've had many, many years. And God has moved in sovereign grace and power. You know why? Because although we respect, and many times they get it right, we get a time scale on our lives. It's only the Lord who decides when the time is up. When God decides, and maybe you've been discouraged by a family member and, a, and maybe some illness, don't give up. Take it to the Lord, for he will have the last and the final say in what happens in yours or the family member's life. But when God decides your time is up, where will you spend eternity? In Matthew chapter 24, the Lord Jesus Christ he gives a picture of what it will be in the last days before his return. And notice what he says, Matthew 24 and verse 37. But as it were in the days of Noah, or as the days of Noah were, what he's saying to us here is this, that the last days before his coming again, the last days will be days that were like the days of Noah. When the flood came, and we read about it in Genesis chapter 6. You know, I have had someone come to me in the last fortnight and said they were speaking to someone else who were very dismissive of me preaching of Christ's return. That I'm always talking about it and banging on about it and preaching on about it and all this sort of stuff. And I don't know about that. This isn't from another Christian. And I want to tell you, Christ is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And he said he will. He says there will be not water to cover the earth, but rather be a fiery judgment when he comes. And where are you when that happens? Should you be alive? Should that be this evening? I know there's prophecies to come to pass, and I understand, but God can do whatever he will, however he wants. And notice it says in verse 38, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And God gave them a space of time. We'll look at it in a moment. And you see, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. They were living life as society allows them to live. They were liberal. They were of extreme liberalism in the society. Eating and drinking wine and giving a marriage gives the idea uh, that not just they were getting on with life and they were all decent people, but there was violence that filled the earth. There was a population explosion. And all of a sudden, those who were off the line of Seth into Noah, they were the only ones that were righteous in all the earth and they kept themselves from the other peoples of the earth. They didn't intermingle with them, nor, as it were, cross even their genealogical line with them. They kept themselves pure, and that's what God means by righteous. Not that they were holy and they were blameless, and, but they were righteous in that sense. While all others were getting up to fornication and all of these things, they stayed true, and if you want, it's a picture of the church today. 
church can't say that it's keeping itself in a right state of living. Most of it, can it? And here the Lord says, look for population explosion. If you want a multiculturalism. I'm not against other cultures, by the way. He says, look for what's happening on the earth for the people, not only a population explosion, but an explosion of immorality and sin and loose living and liberality that has never been before since, as it were, the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man himself. He says, the flood came and took them all away. There's another teaching in that, that we're not going away. The wicked's going away. God will keep us through the flame of punishment. Keep us through the flame of judgment. And he says, it took them away. They didn't know until Noah entered into the ark. So this period, this period of time, God in Genesis chapter 6, if you'll turn with me, please. It came to pass, first one, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. And the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, that they were fair, and that they took them wives of all that they choose. Notice, and the Lord said, in the midst of all of this depravity, in the midst of all this loose living and society's liberality in the midst of all the sin that was going on the word of the Lord comes and Yahweh Jehovah said my spirit in other words the spirit of the Lord is the Lord himself the Lord is that spirit saith the scriptures He says, my spirit shall not strive with man. Can you imagine how the spirit that is in the believing Christian tonight, how the spirit of God that's in the believer tonight, the temple of the Holy Ghost, can you imagine how grieved a true believer must be when he's living in these sort of days? And yet the many who claim the name of Christ and say they belong to Christ, the the Spirit doesn't strive anymore with people, nor let alone does does he hardly strive in the Christian heart. Because they're given over to the things of the world. The liberalism of loose living. And the watered down word of God. And if you preach something that's hard for people to hear. You're a hate preacher. Do you not know the, do you not know the new word for truth is hate? And truth is a new hate speech? Now listen. The man and the woman, the Christian man and the Christian woman who are not grieved with what's going on in our world today, they need to get back to the cross. If we can live our lives today and we're not grieved at the things that we see, 
And we're not grieved at the violence that was as it were in the days of Noah that we find it fills the whole earth. If we're not grieved at the things that we read, if we're not grieved that the abortion clinics in New York are now allowed to, to murder a child at nine months, are you not grieved, brother? He passed a bill this week that a baby can be aborted right up this due date. Wicked is right. Wicked indeed. Devilish. Hellish. Every Christian should be grieved to the point like Paul in Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the altar to the unknown God. Not which used to be behind closed doors is now flaunted in the face. And that which used to be evil is now called good. And that which used to be all seen as wholesome and good is now called evil. And your truth is a new hate speech. Notice, brother and sister, this. The Lord said in Noah's day, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Notice the Lord also says this in our reading, in verse 3. For that he is also flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. God even brings a judgment of decreasing the age here of man. Now, I could give you different ideas that people have and theories. Why would he decrease it and how would he decrease it? Does he just decide it and that's it? And some think because of the canopy that was around the earth, stopping the sun's rays, people were living longer. But after the flood and the waters came, well, that wasn't there anymore. So people's age decreased down to 120 years because that's what it did. They lost that, uh, what you would call it, pardon me for the word, the greenhouse effect, as it were, or the anti-greenhouse effect. I don't know why, but I'll tell you this. Could it be that God's spirit was so grieved that no longer could he allow men to live like Methuselah, who we'll hear about in a minute, for 969 years? That these people that were living in society and these people who were on the earth were so wicked and grieving the spirit of God so much. God no longer could allow man to have so long to grieve him anymore. I wonder, I wonder about the Spirit of God now and what he says about these abortion clinics. What he says about the wickedness in our land. What he says about the pedophile rape gangs that are going around in England, especially at the minute. God detests it. He hates it. Notice the Lord says, my spirit. It's his spirit. My spirit shall not always strive with man. He gives a time here of 120 years will be after the flood. This isn't, he's saying, I'm going to decrease you. And then it will come down to three score years and ten as we read later on. God kept bringing it down. Is it because of the wickedness of man? Listen, I'm not making it a dogmatic point. I'm just wondering. Lord, he is so tired of us. 
Are you so tired of the wickedness and the sin? Are you so tired of the, uh, the fornication that's going on and, and all the idolatry that there is? Are you so tired of it, Lord, that you're decreasing the very ages of man and he lives? I wonder. My spirits and I always strive with man. Notice in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 22, we're told of Noah's grandfather. It says, And Enoch walked with God, and after that he begot Methuselah 300 years, and begot sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Notice, And Methuselah lived in 187 years, and begot Lamech. 187, and he was having a, a son. And Methuselah lived them after he begot Lamech 782 years and begot sons of, and daughters, and all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. You know what this shows me as well? No matter how long you live, there's always a day with your date on it. 969 years. There's always a day with your date on it. And notice here, it says the name of his grandfather is Methuselah. And this is what it means. When he dies, it shall be sent. Methuselah, the grandfather of Noah, the Lord's Spirit inspires for him to be called Methuselah. For when he dies... It shall be sent. You know what God gave? He gave a preacher or a prophet in Noah. He gave a warning that there would be 120 years of a span afterwards. And he also gave a sign to the people that when he dies, it's going to come. Let alone a great big boat that was built over the years. I wonder where all the preaching is. I know as many good faithful preachers, I don't mean that, but all the preaching is against the sin anymore. About righteousness and sanctification in the church. I'm not saying there isn't any, but it seems to be all about the bless me club and that's all pretend it isn't happening. It's the proverbial ostrich to stick the head in the sand and hope it goes away. And now they've come out so far to say they're going to abort. They're allowed to abort in New York babies that are right up to their due date. It is. This is a baby. In fact, there's one who's saying, even as a baby's being born, about to cry, they can still cut its limbs off and crush its skull. That is our answer for the coming of the Lord, as it were in the days of Noah. So shall it also be in the coming of the days of the Son of Man. Notice this. The Lord gave a prophet or a preacher, he gave a sign and he gave them a chance. Now listen, friend, God gives you a chance. God is giving you a chance tonight. He gives us as Christians a chance, what for? To walk right with him. To fall in love with him again. What does he give you a chance for, Christian? That you'd serve him with all your heart again. 
Another chance. It's a glorious chance, isn't it? It's a beautiful chance to think that even though we failed him or even walked away from him, he's a God of a million chances. And he says, you know, I still love you. Come and serve. Draw close to me. Here's a chance before his coming to be able to stand before him and say, Lord, I know maybe at one point I wasn't the greatest, but Lord, I'm here in your grace and I'm your son and your daughter. What a chance you have. That in a world of sin and shame and darkness, that we are the light, we're salt and we're light unto our nation. And I'm wondering, uh, this chance, would you take it? And would you be willing to step up and step out and be active, proactive, and against the wickedness of our land? Christians have forgot how to protest. That's right. That's right. No, that makes you a protestant. And we've forgotten about it. Forgotten about it even in scripture, how we're allowing the one worlders to bring us into ecumenism. We've forgotten about it, how we're allowing it to bring us into Chrislam. Christ and Islam, or Christianity and Islam. Brothers and sisters, when God decides that time is up, where will he find you? it's not sleeping church I hope it's not sleeping where would he find you unsaved person and what condition backslider where would he find you now here's what he says my spirit shall not always strive with you You know what the word strive means? It's a Hebrew word, dun. Dun. My spirit shall not always strive, or my spirit shall not always, listen, plead the cause with you. I want to say it again because I know God's speaking. I sense the spirit of God is here. I believe he's speaking. He says, my spirit shall not always strive with you. says a wonderful thing in verse 8 in a world of disaster it says but Noah found grace it's not beautiful Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and the wonderful thing about it is the word found here it isn't that Noah was so good and holy and righteous and, and in a sense he kept himself from the others yes but he wasn't so holy and righteous he could attain heaven here no the idea is that the word found isn't that Noah was looking around seeing if he could find some escape but he knew nothing about the flood that was coming till God told him when Methuselah dies it'll be sent build an ark and he starts building an ark and listen, there was no rain on the ground by this time. Noah, what are you doing? Building a boat. Before God's going to send a flood and wipe you all out if you don't repent. And, and, and when my grandfather Methuselah dies, the flood's coming. You fool. When we speak about the second coming of the Lord and that salvation is found in Christ alone, people think you're a fool. 
that there's, that there's a coming again of the Lord, a coming of judgment and of fire, that a second coming is coming to, to sit on the throne of David, that he's going to come and rule over the, the house of Jacob, that he's going to rule the whole world and the universe. Uh, and, and people think, you know, there's something wrong with you if you believe that. Listen, the Bible tells me that I believe it with all my heart. In fact, I feel it. I feel it. So he builds an ark. And as he builds this, there's no rain. What's it going to float on? It's going to be a flood act. He's mad. Listen, see that, see that Ken Davidson one down in CT in Guildford? Listen, he's always going on about the Lord's coming. And he's always going on about end times. He's always going on about prophecy. He's a screw loose, that fellow. I'm going to tell you something. I haven't a screw loose. I know what the word of God says. Now listen. He says, Noah found, it says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The word found doesn't mean he was looking. You know what it means? Now listen, this is important. It means grace appeared. In a world of death, destruction coming, a world that's destitute, a world of depravity. It means no found grace. It means grace showed itself and appeared. What is that? I believe it was the Lord Jesus Christ. Pre-Bethlehem appearance that he comes as the word of God and he reveals himself in theophany. You know why? John says that Jesus Christ is full of grace. And truth. And the word grace here is a root word, kian, or hanan is the, the root words that come off it. And this is what it gives the idea of one bowing down or stooping down in kindness to someone who is inferior. I'll say it again. Grace or the kanan, Noah found grace, or grace appeared unto him. One came. Bow down and stoop down in kindness to the inferior. In other words, Jesus came. He bowed down. He left heaven. He bowed down. He stooped down in kindness to Noah, the inferior, who was on the broad road, as it were, to destruction. And he shows himself and he says, Noah, build an ark. Build an ark. There's a flood coming and they're all going to be taken away. But if you obey the word of God as I'm telling you, says the Lord, then you shall be saved. Noah builds the ark according to the dimensions that God gives him. And when the flood came, it took them all away. Why when Christ came? He says, if you believe my word and you trust in what I have done, and the judgment comes and all are taken away. He says, you'll be within me, your ark of refuge, and you will be saved. Hallelujah. Isn't that marvelous? I'm going to get Pentecostal to keep preaching like that. Notice this. Methuselah means when he dies, it shall be sent. And God said, now, 
My spirit shall not always strive with man or plead the cause with you. Has God been speaking to you? Has God been speaking to you? Has God been wrestling with you, maybe in the night watches, or maybe when you've been in church service, or maybe you've come under the sound of the word, or maybe someone has been witnessing of the, the grace of God in Christ and the blood of the Lamb. Has God been striving with you? And have you been arguing and fighting against the striving of God? My spirit and all will strive with you. I've told some the church before this, but I'll tell it again because I think it's poignant. I think it makes a point. There was a friend of mine who was locked up in a prison cell or a jail cell in the Lurgan police station because he'd get into trouble with his wife. He was a gambler and a drunkard. He seen a little window and it was smashed, and he looked up in the corner. It was the only window in the cell. And he looked up and he seen the stars at night out of the police station cell. And he realized some, something spoke to him, he says. And obviously we know it was the Lord striving, speaking to him. And says, and his thoughts were, if you can make that, the person that makes that surely can help me. In the morning he's let out and he goes to the, the desk sergeant and he says, uh, do you know God? And they think, I think they were thinking we're going to put him away again here because he's so mad. And they let him out and he was through Lurgan and as the traffic stopped, he's dropping car doors and windows and he's going, do you know God? Do you know God? People were afraid, of course. And he walks down through Lurgan, gets on a train and on the way along the train, he's going up to people and saying, do you know God? Do you know God? Do you know God? Through Belfast and he raps a Christian's door and the wife comes out and her husband wasn't there and she says, I'll send him around as soon as he comes back. He runs and he sees a big church of Ireland and he climbs over the fence and he runs over and he gets the door handles. He goes like that to turn them to try and get in. Surely God is in this building, he's thinking. And, and, and the door handles just go clonk. This is what he says. It's one thing you say and I don't want him. It's one thing you say and I'll wait to another time. Sure, if he wants me, he'll get me. He says, but when you get to a place where you think God doesn't want you, that he's left you, and that his spirit has stopped striving with you. He says, it's devastating. It's terrifying. That God might not want me because we naturally think, why would he not? He said, it's terrifying. couple of kids started raining and he's on the, on the ground in the rain and a couple of kids says, Mr, are you okay? And he gets up and jumps over the fence and runs home. And later a Christian wraps his door, says, come here to talk to you and brought him. It was the Pastor McConnell on the Whitewell Road at the time. And he comes in. Pastor McConnell says, son, what can I do for you? And he says, do you know God? He said, I was petrified. Do you know God? Please tell me. Please help me. Do you know God? Do you know God? That's where he was going. And he fell on the ground and started crying, help me, help me. Do you know God? I feel he doesn't want me. 
Gospel column turned and says, yes, son, I know God. I know him. He led him to Christ. Oh, but what if God didn't want you, eh? That would be a different story. Well, you can be assured tonight you have still got grace here. Grace is appearing to you and saying, he's saying, come to me tonight. He's saying, come to me tonight. Come to me. You might say, I have so much to do. You have nothing to do. But I need to clean up my life. No, you don't. He cleans your life up as you walk with him. You don't catch a fish and you catch a fish and got it. You don't try and got it before you even catch it. This reminds me of when the man in Luke chapter 12 has a great, a great harvest and he says, I'll pull down my barns and build bigger to, to house his great harvest. And he didn't realize the Spirit of God had been done with him. Luke chapter 12 and verse 7, it says, And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. Notice, I will. What will I do? I will. What will I do? I will. What will I do? I will. That's what you say, isn't it? I must do this, and I must get my ducks in a row, and I must stop this habit, and I must do the other thing. I, I, I. Take yourself out of it, brother. Take yourself out. Out of it, sister, and yield yourself to Christ. And give yourself wholly unto him and fully into his charge. I will say, he says, I will say to my soul, so thou hast much goods laid up for many years, yet take thine easy drink and be merry. This is going to be great of all the time in the world. And I'm rich. Look, I'm increased with goods and have a need of nothing. The letter us see in church says in Revelation 3, says the man looking at his barns packed full with the, the fruit of the earth and the works of his hands. This is great. This is what the Lord says. You ready? This is what the word of God says. It says, but God. Oh, but God said. You see, he said, no, but God says. Listen to what he says. Thy fool. Thy fool. This night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Hey, It's not frightening. Well, it's frightening if you're not saved. <laughs> what did I tell you? None of us want to face the last enemy, which is death. But should it come, I have a peace of God in my heart that passes all understanding. I'm assured that I belong to him. And I know I'm forgiven of my sins. And he's adopted me and brought me into his family. I'm assured with full assurance of Christ, I am a child of God. Should death take me this very moment, I am his. Eternally his. Not because a wretch like I was and like me. 
have been deserving or done anything for it. No, brothers and sisters, treble hundred times, a million times, no. It's because he showed me his grace. Notice when God says or God decides your time is up. I want to tell you something. You know what that means? Your time's up. But what happens, I must speed on because we're coming to a close. Uh, what happens? Well, you know, the, the Bible tells us much. Uh, the Bible tells us much. For example, in Ecclesiastes 3 and one that says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Then it says, a time to be born, a time to die. I can show you, well, if I can find it, I can take you to Belfast City Hall and show you my date of birth and get a copy. I don't know if I can find it. But I know where my date of birth is. Anybody wants to know to send me a wee present, I'll tell you later. <laughs> you know your date of birth, don't you? But you don't know your day of death. Yet. What date's today? What is it? The 27th of the first 19. Before 12 o'clock, it stays that date. What if that was your date? if it was your day. Now I notice this. In Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 15, there's a little telltale thing for those who think, well, we've got away with our past and they're not saved. <laughs> Listen to this. 3 and 15, Ecclesiastes 3 15. That which has been is now. I notice that which has been is now and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. Let me put this in a nutshell for you. This gives the idea that God is a pursuer of the man and the woman that even the things that you've forgotten about, the very sins that you have committed, and the things you've even thought against God, he's like a pursuer coming to avenge his right. Even if it was when you were very, very young, and you've forgotten about it, that which hath been, it's as though it were now. It's as though it were now. Pastor, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I shall be saved. Give yourself to him and he'll wash you by faith in his precious blood. And he'll forgive you of every unrighteousness that you've committed. Every sin. I think of the dastardly, despicable deeds that was being done in Ulster. And all there are places around the world, all around the world, but especially where we live. 
I think of the murderous campaigns. Innocent people of both sides of a community who have been slaughtered in their beds or in their cars. But it's a so-called peace process and everything's forgotten. We just move on now, you listen. He hasn't forgotten it. God has not forgotten it. The little babies that were slaughtered, millions of them in the womb, he hasn't forgotten one. Not one. So the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Listen, I'm closing with a couple of scriptures. Thank you for your attention. The Lord says in Genesis 6 and 3 that he also is flesh. It speaks of the man and the woman who catch a glimpse, as it were, of their frailty and their humanity, their mortality, and the unavoidability of their death. I can see people say, you know, it's very gloom tonight. It's a, it's a very solemn picture you're painting here. <laughs> That's only if you're not saved. <laughs> see, if you're a Christ and you love the Lord Jesus and you're washed in the blood, you're singing glory hallelujah that he's lifted me from the mire and he sat me in the choir to sing a new song unto him. Listen to the speed of life according to Job 33 and verse 4. Listen to what he says. It says, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. What about that for the abortion clinic? And in verse 6 he says, I am also formed out of clay. Now notice, he then says in Job 14 verses 1 and 2, A man that is born of a woman is a few days, short life, and full of trouble. He cometh forth as a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. Verse 10. But man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And where is he? Where is he? See, man will give up the ghost. Spirit will return to God, which give it. But at the judgment seat of Christ, or pardon me, the great white throne judgment of Christ, where will you stand? My spirit shall not always strive with man, and what if God stopped striving? with you. What if God decided your time is up for his striving? What if God decided your time is up for him speaking? What if God decided your time is up and he taketh you with his stroke? Where are you? 
What if God decided time is up and he came back tonight, as he says, as it were, in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the coming of the days of the Son of Man. Well, where will you be, friend? What will be your condition? Will you be with Christ, which is far better? Are you assured of your salvation? And Christian, will he find us and will we be ashamed of his coming because of our lax ways? I trust tonight that we will be stirred up and agitated in our spirit at the, uh, the very depravity that we see in our land tonight. And as Christians, we will start to live for Christ and take up the gauntlet to protest again. I'm not talking about violence and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking about having a real holy indignation in our hearts for what's going on. I'll tell you, be ye also ready for you knoweth not the day your Lord doth come. Tonight we're here to point you to Christ. We're here to lead you to the Savior. We're here to help you be ready. But all we can do is tell you and point you to him, to Calvary, to the blood. God bless every one of you. God bless his word to all of our hearts. For Jesus' precious name's sake. Amen.